Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We just love the game so much so uh, we are here with two podcasts this week, both in our feed that you can find wherever you get your podcast. Tell your mates, uh, what, like, what places can you find it? Acast? Yep. Obviously, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Yep. Yep. I use Castbox. I use Dogcatcher. But like you say, where can you find us? Well, you can find us anywhere. We're all over the globe. We are a podcast with international reach. So if you are away like someone was uh, and got in contact with a serving in Afghanistan, you can do that. You can listen to us there. Or uh, we have someone else from somewhere weird listening, <laughs> listening, listening this week. It'll come to me later. But yeah, you can listen to us anytime you want, any place you want. Yes. And this particular podcast right now with JB, that, that man there. Hello. Uh, that man there, Phil. Hello. And me, I'm Tim. You, uh, we are here to talk the second podcast. The, the other one in the feed right now is all about domestic matters. This is about hot button issue of the week. Uh, broadly speaking, international rugby. We will get into the preview of the Six Nations in a bit. However, the big story from the rugby world this last week was the leaked alleged plans of world rugby's to create a world league. Phil, could you just summarise what the leaked plan entailed? So, yeah, so the league, it was proposed to be a 12 plus 12 league across, so it's an annual competition. Oh, no, apparently not. Well, the, the, the leaked plan. The was, leaked plan. It was two, it was over two years. Okay, well, so this is the, this is part of the problem with leaked plans. So the, <laughs> yes. the, the leaked plan, so the plan was leaked by the International Rugby Players Council, um, under headlines of concerns over player safety, yeah, uh, particularly in the November test because they were suggesting playing every November the top teams having to play five consecutive test matches or te- test matches on five consecutive weekends, yeah, um, and also concerns over uh, cutting out tier two or some of yeah. the tier two, particularly the Pacific Islands. So, the, but the leak plans, as you say, was over one calendar year. Yes. Culminating in a uh, so six nations would be part of that. Some summer, some summer matches, some autumn matches, culminating in a semi-final and final between yeah. the between the top twelve teams and then the uh, the second top twelve, the second, yeah, the second 12, tier of 12. thirteen to twenty four, twenty fourth in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, the the controversial part, or well, the most controversial part of this leaked alleged plan, was that the twelve teams contained. The Six Nations sides, the four rugby championship sides, yes. two additional sides being Japan and the USA. 
I mean, there's a, there's a lot to go out there. One, Fiji, ranked ninth in the world, excluded. Yeah. Georgia, ranked 12th in the world, excluded. Italy, ranked 15th in the world, included. No promotion and relegation for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So until 2030. Yes. This this was the leaked plan. Yeah. Leaked plan and international. it was the International Rugby Players Council who leaked it. Um, it was then... So World Rugby then issued a statement. So it was a statement basically not denying any part of the... any individual part of the leak, but almost reiterating something that we kind of know is true, but reiterating the, their recognition and consideration for player welfare um, and growing the global game, which to me, it suggests there is at least, or it did because this was almost immediately after the, the initial leak, it suggests there is definitely at least a degree of truth in what was not confirmed but leaked. There, there, was, there was a meeting between a number of these nations, most of these nations, or certainly the, the 12 that would be involved in the top-tier tournament in Los Angeles last week, where it was thought that this was floated as an idea and allegedly even got to the point where there was a vote on promotion and relegation and apparently Scotland and Italy were the ones that refused. Yes, which is, from their point of view, if you put your Scotland hat or certainly Italy hat on selfishly, you would want to be at the top table rather than the, and also, the lower know, table. And also, if they don't do that, if they don't do that, they've let down every rugby club and every rugby player that plays in those two nations. Turkeys don't vote for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ab- so, absolutely. You know, that is, it's absolutely. their job not to pass that, at, at, you know, in any way, shape or form. Their, their duty is not to the wider world of rugby. Their duty is to their members and their players and their yeah. clubs. Yeah, so, yeah. So you... you you shouldn't. We should not be criticising. We are not criticising Scotland or Italy for voting against that proposal. Yeah. If you look at the wider, so if you look at this proposal in wider context than just those two nations, it'd be very disappointing not to see promotion and relegation. If you look at it, this proposal, whether this proposal is a good idea, that is a very different question. To me, it doesn't seem like the best solution to the problem that we have got. Yep. Which, well, the multiple problems we've got, which is the, the two main ones are player welfare, player burnout, too many games, and a overly congested and uncohesive calendar. Right. Where so, there's no link up between well, Southern I mean, and Northern. Are, I mean, yeah. Are those the two biggest problems? Because I'd say I, an equal, and maybe the third biggest problem, well, third, maybe equal, whichever way you want to yeah. raise that is the fact that not much rugby makes money. So, yeah, well, that, that's, yeah, that, so there that we go. A, yeah. So I was going to step back and go, and there's one question that, that's come in on, on Twitter uh, from Guys Being Guys, says, what, uh, they've asked lots of people and haven't been able to come up with an answer. Exactly what problem is the concept of the World League actually solving? Mm. That is a, that is a okay. great fundamental question. So I, I think before we go on then, let's just take out our positions. Are we for... Well, well let's, let's answer that. Or against... Well, yeah. yeah. Let's answer, because it's, 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 the, it's the question that underpins everything else. Like, what, what is the point? Of yeah. the concept of a world league, why does why might what problem might it be solving? And I think you, I think you touched on it there. For me, it's just cash. Money. It is money, right? It's cash. So for me, it's, it is simply not just. Money. And if people are looking at it with just money, you're going to exacerbate those two other problems that I highlighted. 
the 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 disparity between the northern hemisphere the games calendars and player welfare okay. so, so so you think the world league is solving player welfare i, I think and I think, burnout i think all three of those yeah i, I think mm. so right now where you've got six nations so particularly in the northern hemisphere you've got very competitive gallagher premiership you've got european rugby which is incredibly competitive you've got summer tours autumn internationals six nations does the world league change that uh i think it would well my understanding it was attempted to it was attempting to but it's the same number of games though right yeah but the players don't Uh, agree with you i mean the players the players will come out and say where do we play these extra games because there will be a few extra games that they need to play there'll be fewer games definitely fewer games that's my understanding of the whole overarching Okay, issue cool. and that that's something that okay. world rugby in their right. first line right. of their statement so def- said def- they're definitely cash potentially less games well it's more complex than it's more yeah. complex than this well, so so that, but these are the but fundamentals yeah. which, this, these this, are the problems yeah, okay, and, so this, look, and this just on the games this has to be taken in consideration with change at least changes to domestic rugby because you can't keep the same southern and northern hemisphere domestic rugby calendar. Yeah, there, without... I mean, there are a lot of other theories, almost conspiracy-like, which is it's part of a plan of Sanzar to take away some of the Six Nations wealth and redistribute it. Is one way to look at it. It's a plan by the unions to make international rugby or get primacy for international rugby over club rugby, which actually it already does. But really, to, you know, to stamp down their their authority. But it does come down to money. Uh, because, frankly, not much rugby makes money, and the two competitions that do make money are the, the Rugby Championship, not much, and surprisingly, the Six Nations. And again, I say surprisingly, not much. It's not surprising it makes money, it's surprising it doesn't make as much as maybe pe- maybe people think. So that's the problem, right? Now, yeah, yeah rugby, and, and, and just, just, yeah. Just, just to back that up, the fact that the this leaked plan involved... USA and Japan hints that it's financially absolutely. pretty much all. Yeah, because let's be honest, absolutely. Let's be absolutely, you can't have you can't have a league where you've got to travel to Tonga. Okay, you can't get on a plane with five mates to watch Wales play Tonga. It's going to take you three days off to get there, three days off to get back. Three three thousand six hundred pounds was the was was the price of airfares. So it can't be like with like, and it can't it can't be put it can't be perfectly fair. Now, World Rugby have decided that they want to provide, and this is very, very important now, okay, a competitive, as much competitive uh, rugby as they, po- as, as, they, as they possibly can. Now, competitive doesn't necessarily mean Fiji playing the All Blacks. Competitive means like-for-like rugby, because that's where you improve. It's like Italy. Italy have been playing in Six Nations for God knows how long now. They haven't actually improved. So they need... More fixtures which are competitive. So I think in that respect, it sort of does answer answer a question. Um, a question of what's this meant to do? Well, it's meant to give you more competitive I, rugby. I, I'm, I'm, uh, call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm very cynical about that. I think actually that's a, that's a neat way of making it seem great. Yeah, no, no, Georgia, you carry on, you carry on playing Romania. Because it's it's making competitive games. I, when I, when I actually the underpinning thing is, oh, we get to see England v New Zealand more. No, I disagree. That'll make loads of cash. Well, I, I disagree on that because I think Georgia playing like a weakened England team is fine. It's you know it's, it's great. If they played England, South Africa and the All Blacks and those were their you know, their that was their annual competition, they would they'd be completely discouraged. 
I think the fact that they that they are a winning team, they've got pride in the fact that they win everything. You know, that is in itself quite empowering. Mm. So it is about getting the right level because if you well, get beat, they're, 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 they've been doing that for quite a long time. What are Georgia saying at the moment? We love it down here, ah. playing against Spain and right. Romania and stuff. Right, we right, love right, it. Right, right, right. I need to interrupt you there. Who's saying that? Mil- uh, Milton Haig. He's c- right. So when Milton Haig speaks like that and he says, you, you know, you need to give us more games. Who is he talking on, on behalf of? He's talking on behalf of World Rugby because this is what people don't quite get. World Rugby do not have control over the Six Nations. So when Georgia can't get those competitive games against the Six Nations, that isn't the world... World Rugby would love Georgia to be in Six Nations, or they'd love a restructure of the Six Nations, but they can't because they don't own it. And the same with the Rugby Championship. And this is why, when you start taking all the pieces off the board that World Rugby could potentially use, that's why they're left with this. So when they want more competitive rugby, well, they've only got two international windows that they can possibly, possibly influence. They've... They've got this idea that they want to get more competitive rugby. So something's got to give. And if they don't have power over the Six Nations and Championship, this is almost like the least worst option. But in the competitive rugby side, so Georgia right now are slap bang in between Japan and USA in rankings. Mm-hmm. And they're below Fiji, yeah. and, but they're above Italy. So you're making it... You're, there's an argument yeah. that Georgia are in the lower league so it'll be more competitive. But then USA who are below Georgia, and Italy, who are below Georgia, going up, yeah. that argument completely falls down. Yeah. Because when, when, you, when you're trying to justify what works for one doesn't work for every in this scenario. Because World Rugby could find a way, or they could, have a, they could have a principle, which is, all right, Six Nations, you're doing what you do, and we can't control that. However, Italy, I'm sorry to tell you, you're ranked 15th in the world. So you're in, if we have a 12-team competition, you're not in it. But why can't they do that? Well, why can't no, no, no. they do? Yeah, why no, why well, can't they do that? Because Italy have a vote, so everyone has to be unanimous. So if you have same with Six Nations, Six Nations can't change. Six Nations will never have promotion relegation because every member union of the Six Nations has to has has to agree. So that just just write it off. That's, in, that's yeah. like it's the, it's the rules. It's the constitution, whatever you want to call it. And it's exactly the same for World Rugby. World Rugby, all it is is the you know the overall governing body of all the unions. The unions own World Rugby. And the only money World Rugby has is TV cash. So it makes sense that they want to get more of that, and that's effectively what this will do. Yeah. Now, that money is returned to the unions, but also what that, that money is, is there for is to create a war chest. And this war chest is, is there to develop the, develop the emerging nations. World Rugby do things like, you know, like, the, like the America's Tournament, which is this weekend. They fully fund the Tier 2 Six Nations, as I call it. I know it's not called that, and I apologise. Uh, and rugby they, Europe Championship. Yeah, that, yeah. Thank, thank you. Uh, they fund the coaching staff, the exceptional coaching staff, and expensive coaching staff. I might say for Georgia, which has powered their you know their rise. Same with Eddie Jones in um, in, in in Japan. I mean, these things aren't, aren't free. They're given like high performance directors. You know, they've got a guy making sure that the teams going to the World Cup are as you know suitably prepared as they possibly can. Frankly, World Rugby do an awful lot for emerging nations, and they don't have. You know, throughout this whole controversy, no one has given them any credit whatsoever for well, what they've already done. Well, it's well, they're two separate things. Yes, you you you, you can you can say right, hold on, let's yes, you've done a lot of good stuff there. Let's put that to one side, and now let's deal with this plan that's come out. What are you playing at? Well, okay, so now we get onto the plan. Okay, this plan, if I don't. This plan is in the very, very early stages of 
of planning. If you were to ask World Rugby where they think they are in terms of how final is this proposal, it's nowhere near releasing. I mean, this is just a concept. This isn't... I mean, the reason that... Uh, World Rugby would love to have promotion relegation, but they can't because they know the unions will vote against it, or certain unions will vote against it. Yes. So they've got to overcome that. And the, you know, the overcoming would be, OK, we can have a fixed period for a certain amount of time. That's the only thing, only thing that they can do. And if it's vetoed, it can't happen. If it doesn't happen, where does the money come from? Mm. You know, it's 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 not as simple as saying, you know, World Rugby or this conspiracy. You know, they're, they're not the Freemasons. No, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not suggesting that. But uh, if I can draw a parallel, yeah, this seems incredibly like professional domestic rugby in England. Mm. In that 25 or however many years ago it is now that rugby turned professional. There, there, there was. There's been various decisions that have been made along the way, and at one point there was well, there was a point where someone could have taken a very long term view and tried to look twenty, thirty, forty years down the line. What? How do we want it to be? What? What? What do we want? What's the big vision? And let's try and deliver that. Versus, oh, there's a nice pile of cash five years down the line. Let's have that. And as a result, English domestic rugby could have been funded so that you you had more even distribution of money throughout two pro, um, professional or semi, or, or in the case of the championship, semi-pro slash pro divisions. You could have spread that money more equally. What they did is is sent all the money to the top, created this huge chasm between the two leagues to the point where now the people that have the shareholders and have the votes are considering shutting the door on anyone else below them. Yeah, it's... It, it's, it's... It's a really complex question. I'm against this league, for the record. I am. I just don't think it's a good idea. I think there's better ways to improve rugby. I actually think what we're doing at the moment is, is pretty good. I like the idea of you play your own tournament with your own rivals. I mean, last podcast we mentioned Romania-Spain. I'm, who cared about Romania-Spain three years ago? Well, nobody. At least somebody cares, cares about it now. And that... And that rivalry will grow and grow and grow, and that competition will get better and better and better. And then in the autumns, you can play against each other. In the summers, you can have competitive tours. And I think that's, I think they've broadly got it right. But they need to square square the circle of where's the money going to come from? Because at the moment, they are living off the back of the Six Nations, which has had a reduction in its sponsorship deal, and the Championship, which gets more and more dire every time we watch it. I mean, empty stadiums. Not even in New Zealand, they don't seem to be selling out as much as they were. So they've got to do something going forward in order to make sure that there is money. So I agree with you, Tim. They should absolutely plan out 10 years in the future. But there's a couple of things wrong with that, which is 10 years in the future is an awful long way to realise what's going to happen. And also, if you can't pay your bills after five years, there's no point in having a 10-year plan, is there? Okay, well, in which case... Sorry, and I realise, mm. Phil, you're just you're, you're acting like you are on Twitter, just... Uh... Just lurking, just observing. texting me. So, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring you in here, Phil. But but sort of to counter that, I'd say, well, then I think you have to go. You have to have some principles mm. that that you that you run by, and I just think that what what I tend to be seeing is a real lack of principles. What? Just give me an idea of what principles you mean, because I as in the the, te- the, the team the team that's ranked ninth and twelfth make it into a, the top 12 teams if there's a top 12, 12 team tournament. Otherwise, what is the point of world rankings? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a racket otherwise. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is obviously that. There's a principle. Yeah, I, and I think it's a strong principle. What, Merit? Too. Um, yeah, I would just go back and say these are by no means the finished 
this is this this is by no means finished. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. that. So so when when you're going back to the drawing board and starting again, let's have some fundamental underlying principles which are prerequisites when you start. Where you say one, rugby, the World Cup winner is uh, given to someone on merit. Everything we do is merit based first. Mm. There you go. But it can't Th- be. There's, there's a principle. It can't be. Well, it has to, Well, if you said that's our number one but fundamental what Fiji, principle... What if Fiji turn into the best team in the world? Which is actually entirely possible, given, given the, the talented their pool of players. Yeah. I mean, even if they did, you know, the Fiji economy can't, can't sustain a full-time rugby team there. They, they can't sustain multiple club teams in order to run well, a league, no, in order no, to run a... Well, they just well, can't do it. Well, they're already ninth in the world, despite all of that. Agreed. But so, if so they, I mean, what would we all go to Fiji to watch rugby? Would would every um, Northern Hemisphere team well, fly to Brisbane well, and then fly well, another few hours on a seaplane? It, it just makes no sense. It, so, Premiership football, well, football in England has the principle of merit above all, mm. right? And well, as, money above all. Well, merit above all, be- yeah, because because Bournemouth have a stadium in the Premier League with what? 9,000, isn't it? 9,000, 10,000. They shouldn't be allowed in there. And if they won the league, <laughs> if they won the league, they won the league. Yeah. yeah look, I, I do agree. But getting to Bournemouth is somewhat easier to, than, <laughs> than getting to Fiji. And I just want to re-emphasise, these, these proposals are not really... I think it's incredibly unfair on World well, Rugby, actually. So, so that comes to a second point. So there's, there's one point which is the idea of the World League, which I think... I hate. I think all three of us are against the principle of the proposals that we've seen uh, in what they're putting forward. Or against the lack of principles of the proposal yeah, that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the second part of this is the process that has been followed, both by World Rugby and the other parties, to get to a point where the International Rugby Players Council themselves have both found it necessary but also had the opportunity to leak these plans and overwhelmingly turned public opinion uh, rugby the rugby public opinion against world rugby mm. which i think i think a lot of the points that you've made jay i think are are right and i'm i am generally a big fan of world rugby i think they do i, I think do. they do mm. things the right way mm. and they do for the good of the game for the good of the players for growth of the game but they've they've kind of fallen foul of mistakes in process which has led themselves being tricked and tripped into a position where most people that world rugby's name was mud to most yeah. rugby fans last week yeah do you know and, and owen farrell and johnny sexton two of the biggest names in the game yeah. were coming out and yeah and and yeah trashing talk, talking against them i, I think it's very unfair because the, i'm not going to say this anymore but i'm going to say it for the last time the proposals are about 40% done. There is nothing concrete here whatsoever. Yeah, and that, that came across, yeah. but it, it was su- they are sufficient, there's sufficient truth for no, World Rugby to yeah. make a statement no. not denying big chunks of it. Who, here's, here's my question. Who in the media, right, in the wonderful media that, 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 that we have, who has actually spoke about this? Uh, actually, Alex Shaw did a good article in, um, in, in Penistone, which wasn't, you know, absolute hysteria. Who has come out and like, tried to quell the hysteria? Absolutely nobody, and that's what I I really dis- dislike about the whole thing. It's not here is World Rugby who has done an enormous amount for the game, and by the way, we think this is a bad idea because I just don't like it. I mean, I don't like the idea of how it would maybe under- undermine the World Cup 
Also, every couple of years, you have to change the stretch of the tournament completely because the Lions aren't going anywhere. Just so everyone knows, the Lions are not going. They make too too much money. Yeah. This is about money. The Lions are staying, and they make money for the right people, i.e., the Southern Hemisphere teams who need the help. They well, really do need three the help. three Southern Hemisphere teams. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah fine. Yeah. Good so, point. and that's not going to change. And all they all they'll do in that case is they'll realign the fixtures, much like they do when the Lions play anyway. And summer tours do continue. You know. International teams do still play, including the teams which have got players playing for the Lions. So it's by no means uh, the end of the Lions. Uh, but it would potent- well, it would potentially devalue the World Cup, and I have you know, no fan of that whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, so we, we have spoken about it before, because I do think that something does need to be done, uh, certainly to uh, realign the calendars, because... It it really doesn't make sense to me that the best players, best um, Northern Hemisphere players are expected to play very competitive league games, followed by very competitive European Champions Cup games, followed by four weeks of internationals in the autumn, followed by another week of premiership, followed by more European Championship. is, Is it not straight after the Six Nations, is it? Champions Cup yeah, quarterfinals. You've got one ga- game week and then you're straight oh, into yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the attrition, brutal. yeah, it's absolutely brutal. So I want I want to see as much rugby as I possibly can. I want that rugby to be of the highest possible standard. So I think something has to be done to yeah. realign the calendars. And if world rugby don't get the money, that's the point. Like, if world rugby don't get it, it can't go into the war chest. If it can't go into the war chest, it can't get, it can't get spent. But it's interesting as well because I'm thinking about this with my. I am an enormous rugby fan. I watch. I watch any game I possibly can. I'm currently watching uh, Fiji versus England uh, in the Las Vegas Sevens on, oh, my, how's it going? on my laptop. Uh, Fiji have just scored to go fifteen-seven <sighs> up with conversion to come. Damn it! Um, so I watch anything. What? You, hold on! Hold on! Someone took a pen. Oh no! They scored three tries, not converted. Got you. Yes. Fifteen. Okay, what? 15, yeah. Um, <laughs> There, are, there is a huge kind of untapped market for England or barely tapped market for world rugby. So there are people, I talk to a lot of guys at work about rugby only when the Six Nations is on. Yes. I'll talk to slightly more guys at work when there's autumn internationals or summer tours. Uh, but there, there are there's a lot of people who, if England were playing competitive matches for World Cups and Six Nations, they would be watching. If England, Wales, Ireland, the guys I talk to... If they're not playing competitive matches, they won't be watching. So I can kind of understand where World Rugby are trying to come from in creating a more competitive games. And by more competitive, I just mean there is something on the line rather than a friendly yes. England versus South Africa. Hundred percent. There's, there's there's a format which people can understand, and you can and be winning something and losing something. Yes, a, a longer tournament. But I kind of I just don't like that idea. I like tours. I like. Uh, I know, but yeah, you yeah, are but you are the preaching to the converters. Yeah, and you are the esoteric. You are involved in it. You are an, a technocratic rugby fan. Yeah, but You're, do you know what? I kind of think if you don't like it as much as me, maybe you shouldn't be in it because you need to like it. <laughs> but then, then the money principle yeah. falls down. But, but, but they're all people like me in the untapped markets. We just need to go to the untapped market. I mean, it's like, hey, listen, I, I've been through this in uh, in radio. Like that, there's the number of times, and it's just happened again where. Uh, a lot of local stations are being converted into, you know, um, networked, networked clones of Capital and Heart from London, and loads of people are up in arms. Oh, it's awful! But actually, 
give it a give it a simple form. People understand. People know what they're going to get, and it suddenly becomes more appealing. Ooh, the other Oliver Ola fella has just scored for him. Has he now? Get in. Fifteen fourteen. Ooh, how long left? Uh, eighteen seconds. Ah, who kicks off? Oh, the team that just score kick off, don't they? England and are going to kick to Fiji. Yeah, so BBC Five Live are so desperate for someone to talk about. Um, who's the lady who's stuck in the um, who's stuck in the Turkish refugee camp? Her. Yes. The Axis Pride. Oh, yes. yes. So desperate to... Shamima Began. That's the one. Um, so desperate for someone to talk about her. They've just texted me now to see if I'll fo- phone in and, and, and pretend to be a caller. No, no, <laughs> no, I won't. You've got better things to do. At uh, ha- uh, half past 12 at night. A nas- well, hold on. That's, I don't think they're allowed to do that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's, 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 that's against Ofcom guidelines. To, what? To... Uh, Fabricate callers and stuff. Oh dear. Oh well. Um, did they actually, no, they should be you though, did they? Uh, and say, can you call up and say you're called Dave? There you go. Oh no, no, I'm going to no. call up as Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamie from Egg Chasers wants to say something about refugees. <laughs> That's probably all right. <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> Great PR. That's probably all right. So, <laughs> just to try and wrap this up. Uh, yes. The process. Okay. So I've got lots of thoughts on this. Okay. And then I want to talk about the coverage. More importantly. Okay. Okay, so let's touch briefly on both of them because I don't think we need to go into too much because this is inside baseball. Oh yeah, that's, that's why. You're not what, listening to this for your gardening tips, are you? Uh, yeah, and it, if, you know, if you want, we, if you want, we, some, we don't have the same demographic well, as the one show. Although judging your front garden, <laughs> JB, you could give us some gardening tips. <laughs> oh yeah, that's your back garden. Go on, <laughs> is that a euphemism? Hey. Come on, quickly, talk. <laughs> Freshly bleached. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Good God. So, the process that they followed. And this is where I was kind of thinking, I was questioning, have have World Rugby missed a trick here by trying to have these clandestine meetings and keep everything concealed rather than just come out and say, more transparently, this is where the conversation's got us so far. What do people think? Because they've they've not been able to control the leak, they've not controlled the message, they've not controlled the leak, and overwhelmingly the public opinion or the the rugby public's opinion has been against them this week because of that. They need to go away and negotiate, then come back with and tell us what their deal is that they've negotiated before it can go back to... uh, to, There's some some Brexit parallels here. Indeed. Uh, Yeah, there probably is. Oh, England have just scored. Really? Potentially. Knocking out Fiji. Uh, well, no, this is, I think this is like fifth place qualifier. Oh. So, uh, fifth place, oh, yeah. Okay. Come on. Fifth medal so place. The, the process, a lot of people say this, why can't it be more transparent? Yada, 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 yada. Now, why would anyone want a process to be more transparent? The reason you want a process more, to be more transparent is because you didn't agree with the outcome. So you want the process to be more transparent so you can then press for changes at certain pressure points, is my opinion. Now, well, there, is, there is no outcome yet. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I would have, I'd just like to see... Yeah. More transparencies, so we can understand the process, not not for outcomes. Just yeah, so process. I'm happy with the transparency retrospectively. So here's what we've decided, and by the way, these are steps that we went through, and here are the meeting minutes, and you can find out what's happened. I don't like the idea that we live broadcast everything, or because I'll tell you the reason. There might be a conversation that has to be had about Fiji. I'm going to use Fiji again, and the conversation is promotion relegation. Well, let's give Fiji more like more games. And it might come to it that Scotland or Italy, I'm making this up, this hasn't happened, I'm making this up, have decided, well, if they do that, it's going to be detrimental to our union and they're going to get into, you know, into a massive fight. 
So what Scotland and Italy might do is they might stop briefing and leaking things to make sure that conversation never even happens. But if, if it's all transparent, what can they leak? Well, okay, so if it's transparent, it never gets discussed in the first place. This is like common practice in politics, which is if it's all transparent and you're going to have a, uh, a, an open discussion about something which we all agree is probably right in terms of merit, promotion, relegation, Six Nations. I don't want that to happen, but you know, we, most people sort of agree with that, right? A lot of people could get on board with a discussion happening. Yes, exactly. Now, if it's going to be transparent and we know the outcome of the discussion is probably going to be in favour of promotion relegation, but I'm not in favour of promotion relegation, I'll stop briefing and leaking to make sure the the conversation never even happens. But so, what could, what, I, I'm just, what could you leak in that scenario well, because, to stop it from happening? Yeah, okay, so you're going to have a process behind the process. So the process before the process, and I hate to sound like an idiot here, would be some sort of working group or committee to discuss what you're going to, what you're going to discuss next. So like JB's like the new Rumsfeld. Yeah, like you can't... So you, you know, when you just make things more transparent, you just actually make the less transparent bits... So you'd have bits coming out in it, papers saying, around. apparently Scotland are really, really don't like this and, and, aren't, and aren't going to vote for yeah. it, but then, but then they're very non-committed so, yeah, in what so, they I say mean, publicly. Yeah, so maybe we can have... Exactly, so maybe we can have a conversation with these other unions about the things which they don't want to happen, and maybe we can, you know, grease the wheels a bit, or, you know, there are, there are conversations sometimes, as much as people don't like it, that need to happen behind closed doors in order to make things happen. I don't okay. think transparency is necessarily the, necessarily the best way. I'm happy with it retrospectively, but I don't think in the open it's a good idea. Okay. All right. Uh, and coverage? Yes. Oh, here we go. Right. So, <laughs> there was... Are you gonna, do you need your sound effects board ready? Uh, oh, probably. Um, is, is there a bit of Twitter cesspit going on here? <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. Hit it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what we hear from the writers and the journalists, is exactly how hard this profession is. Uh, well, what a disaster. I mean, uh, one of the most prominent... Um, one of the most prominent people in rugby, I would say. I'm not going to mention her name, because it wouldn't be fair. But um, she managed to retweet a press release from 2016 claiming it's about time that the Pacific Islanders have a seat at the table. They have a seat at the table. It, um, it starts this year. You know, so no one was checking... You know what the story was. No one was putting it into context. No one was. Uh, I mean, people were talking about um, uh, about the market research, which we've not even spoke about yet. The market research, which overwhelmingly came out in favour of this uh, league, and they just immediately wrote it off as, as false. But they don't actually know it's false because they don't know the questions that were asked. The questions that were asked could quite easily lead to the conclusions that World Rugby have come to. And then some of the language was just absolutely appalling. You know, I heard uh, references to apartheid. I heard references to colonialism. I mean, if you want to have a conversation and you want to, dis- and you want to try and persuade the other side to come on to your line of thinking, you can't accuse them of being like the worst people that history has ever seen. That, that's not a, a that's not a place that you can start. But that gets so many retweets when oh, you do that. Yeah, the retweets, the virtue points. I'm so virtuous, but you're an idiot. I mean, if you if you think right that. A professional sports league is in any way like colonialism or the slave trade or any of those things. You are clinically insane, right? You, 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 you're, you're just mad. And it doesn't help. It's completely unconstructive. I do not want this league to go ahead. And I can put my views across in a way which I think would hopefully convince, convince others. Yeah, because you can, you can disagree and you can 
understand a different point of view. Well, or, or at least you should be able to. There's not a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, this is JV. There, well, this, there's, there's yeah. not. Well, there's not I a mean, lot of that going I mean, on if, on Twitter. If you really believe, right? That I'm a horrific slave trading racist. We can't even have a conversation, can we? Because I'm literally what the wor- well, one of the worst people in history. And, and that's and that's quite often. Like for example, the you know um, what was that law? Godwin's law. Uh, so someone gets yeah. called it if a conversation Nazi. goes long enough on on social media. Someone Someone's gets called, called Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. But normally words like that, fascist, oh fascist, that they're just thrown to completely delegitimise yeah. someone's opinion. So you don't have to have the conversation. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So the, the, I mean, some of the things thrown around were horrific, and the coverage was equ- was was equally as bad. And nobody thought to ask, well, where did the story come from? Well, who who leaked this? Now we know the, that it came from the players. How did the players get it? Maybe they got it from a disgruntled union. Maybe one of the unions that didn't win a World Cup. Maybe Ireland. I don't know. Right. But someone has leaked it, and they never thought, oh well. You know, this is clearly a malicious leak against world, against world, world Rugby. Is that worth talking about? No, absolutely not. They didn't di- didn't do their jobs again, and they haven't reported this on in any sort of detail or with you know with any class or or, or anything. It's been um, absolutely abysmal, actually. And when I look at this, I, I always and you know this is this is one thing I always look at with with stories like this is on, on any given point of view. Whenever someone puts something forward. Who's who's who stands to gain what yes. from that? Yeah, and there were some people, say, involved in uh, broadcasting, who had a very very strong views. <laughs> but hmm, what do they stand to personally gain or lose from yeah. something happening or not? And uh, and does that have any influence on their on the supposedly? unbiased opinion that they're trying to put forward that they have so anyway yeah i agree it's it's it hasn't helped it hasn't helped yeah i can understand people looking at it i can understand particularly in the case of the pacific island nations let's talk about that specifically yeah. I, you can, I can understand why people look at that and think uh, that's think, outrageous okay. fg ranked ninth time it this will upset someone uh, guaranteed but here goes i think we look at the pacific island nations through Western eyes, and we don't actually understand what's going on there. You grow up and you want to play for England, okay? And I'm not saying there are no Fijians that grow up and want to play for Fiji. I'm not saying that, because there clearly are. But the Fijian mindset or the Pacific Island mindset is go abroad, get the best-paying job that you possibly can, and send your money home. And send your money home. There are lads in the Premiership which are sustaining villages, you know, literally, literally 100 people. Right, they are sustaining a hundred people in their own in their own community. Devout, is, devoutly religious, a lot of yeah, them. This is very, very common. Okay, and they don't get their status through playing for Fiji. They get their status by playing for England or whoever it is, picking up those game checks, getting that big contract in France, and being able to send the money home. Yes. Right, and so when we say yeah, it's it's easy. You know, we'll just let Fijians play for Fiji, uh, for Fiji, or. Um, we'll have a five-year rule where they, you know, they, you know, you, you can't get residency. I think it's absolutely abhorrent. Well, okay, or you can come from a different point of view. You can go, that is what what exists. Mm. This th- these islands of tiny population have contributed an unbelievable amount, and per capita, more than any other rugby nation on yeah. earth by mm. a ridiculous ratio. Uh, it's ha- incredible. So how can we enable them to achieve what they want to achieve 
the game to be the game to be nourished in the way that we want the game to be nourished, and 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 how can all aims be achieved at the same well, time? There, there yeah. must be there must be an intersection must, where all of those things can well, come together. I, I, so uh, there must be some redistribution of the available wealth. Yeah. Okay, so yes, yeah, so, but there is, isn't there? Because well, well yeah, they're, because they're best. They're, so they're, go and play play for the best international teams in the world. Yeah, but there must be there is surely there is another way of doing that. Why? As as in making if 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 you said so why to create um more stronger teams. Okay, so but if if you said there is I, I'm not, I'm not saying the economics of this stack up, but every team has to pay the same international match fee. Yes, okay. Okay, I'm done with that. Uh, yeah, I don't think that would stack up financially on paper right now. It could at some point in the future, but that would have a big benefit to teams like Fiji, Tonga, Samoa because they would get their they would get Access to virtually yeah. all the Nathan stars. Hughes. Who would Nathan Hughes? I, I think he's pretty much said he would. Mu- he'd prefer to play for Fiji, but if the money was ob- the same, obviously, yeah, it's yeah. not. Obviously, yeah. you, you you wouldn't blame anyone coming to England. Yeah, yeah. and getting twenty five so, bags a game. Look, I yeah. don't blame anyone from going um, from, from Wales and playing for England for, for, for the money they offer. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. And um, the opportunities after your career, and you know, that's how. Just to reiterate, that's that's how you get state. That's how you get status there. And you ask, you know, what do they want? Well, that's what they that's what they want. So I, I, that's why I also have a real issue with the five year residency rules because I think if they want to play over here, you know, how best to celebrate them than to bloody play them and and, and, let, and let them play, or or how best to celebrate them than to uh, plunder and pillage well, their, their, their talent. I mean, are you you go are you are you running the danger there of going down the colonialism route because no one's plundering or pillaging anything. You know, it's an open market. You can come over and you can get great benefits. Now. There is a one thought I had on this, which is maybe. But, oh, hold on, I just want to say you love the NFL. Yeah, right. You absolutely love the I NFL. I used to. Well, okay, but but it, it doesn't matter. Go on. That is that is all about equal distribution, level creating the most yeah. level playing field across thirty-two teams, and as a result, the product is incredible. And and here's here's where I get to with this whole world rugby world league thing, it's it, you cannot do it, and there's not going to be a solution unless it's centralised. Mm. So you cannot have a separate Six Nations and a world league that work together because it, it, you can't. You just it's, you can't uh, unless the the Six Nations and the world league both have promotion and yeah. relegation, which are in, intertwined. You, so, you can't do it. So I've, I've got two theories on how you might do it. Okay, number one is um, some sort of Northern Hemisphere Fijian team or Tongan team or Samoan team. And that is an international team which is based up here, their training camps are up here, and they only take the Samoan or the Fijians or the Tongans. Pacific Island exiles. Yeah, exactly, like an exiles team. I think that could work. And that, you know, maybe they're non-capped or what have you, but come the World Cup, you've got a core of guys who have worked together, you know, I mean, I say non-cap. They can't be non-cap. They've, they've got to be playing. You're, I mean, you're going to have to find a tournament for them. Pretty much every, pretty much, not all, but pretty much every professional. Uh, I mean, there's a handful in Australia and New Zealand, but there's so many who play in Europe. Well, there's loads in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, but most of them actually play for Australia yeah. or New Zealand. Well, and actually, if they're in Australia and New Zealand, it's not so much of a problem. You can still probably play for Fiji and so yeah, yeah. You know, That's not... But the ones over, over here, that is a problem. So I think Exiles team... now. I don't, it can't be a full cap because it's not their actual team, but they do get to play together and maybe there is a match fee structure and I would go and watch them. 
Yeah, but, and maybe it's combined island, islands team. Maybe it's indiv- I don't know. That's one way. I mean, that seems very, that seems f- like a pragmatic compromise suggestion. But I just kind of go back to that that point I made earlier. It's where's the long term vision? Well, what, the what, what do you the same thing? You know, what do we want in thirty years time? Rugby's been professional for less than thirty I've years. Got no idea. Where do we want? Well, if you could wave a wand and say, "This is what world. This is what the <laughs> like the, this, but slightly better." Well, I would. So I, I would <laughs> say. So I'd say go into a World Cup with, like, if you could wave a wand, I'd say I'd go to a World Cup with twenty-four teams that could win the World Spain Cup. Spain make the semis. <laughs> That's what I yeah. like. Well, yeah. well, twenty-four teams that e- could win. E- yeah. Equal pay structure for. I, I, I think that's a really good idea. I think the equal pay structure is a fantastic idea. And, that, and that's going to mean but, some turkeys vote for Christmas because England can't wield their power in the way that they do and they're going to have to subsidise. Yeah. They're going to have to subsidise other nations with less. Yeah. Well, or so, they're just going to have to freeze their wage structure until everyone else catches up and it might be 10 years. Well, so that's a, ve- well, that's, so that's a variation of turkeys voting for Christmas and, and as a result, it means Scotland, Italy, yeah. you're going to have to get over it. And vote for Christmas. <laughs> they're, not, <laughs> they're not going to, but, yeah, yeah. but that's they, what not, needs to happen. If they do, Tim, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I started the conversation with. If they do, they've let down their own members. But, but, yeah, have, yeah. but have they, if they think about where will we and this game be in 30 well, years? Well, I don't know, because Wales would argue, like, if they got relegated from the Six Nations, it would be a disaster for Welsh rugby. I tend it, to agree. Well, it, it might be for the next three years, five years, but actually, this is what I mean. Where's the long term? People are going, but what about... But what about the number of people in Murrayfield next season? No. What about a World Cup where you've got billions, not millions of people watching? I can't can't help that, just completely different, but on the same principles, if Italy were to get, if you kept the same structure in Italy, were to get relegated for three seasons, and they had three seasons playing at a better level of the Tier 2 Six Nations, European Rugby Nations Cup Championship thing, that might actually be better for the Italian game because they get the mentality of winning. Yeah, they get used to that, and yeah, and that is actually very so important. They, they it's might, hugely important. I think they, I think it's not entirely unfeasible that with the right argument and with the right logic, they could see a potential where promotion and relegation is better for them as well as everyone else, as well as the game. But they're not going to get. But that's only really that, that's only if you guarantee equal spread of TV money, equal spread yeah, of sponsorship that money. That would be that would be pretty key as well. Yeah, and the bigger it gets, the, the, the more thinly you got to spread. I'm the, not sure. The, I, I mean, agree. the TV money is big that they're talking about between ten and fifteen million dollars per year per team. It's a know. lot of money that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there'll be greater minds than me that solve this. Um, the other idea I had for Fiji was a very, very capitalist I- idea. 
But basically, the Oxfam sweets sweet uh, idea. So, do you know about the Oxfam sweets or what? Is this a franchise system yeah, like, where you can buy? Yeah. So, I can basically go and buy a charity's name and put them on some sweets and then sell the sweets and pretend that I'm from the charity. So, your initial donations, you buy the name for a thousand pounds. Yeah, and everyone, everyone goes mad about the it. The guy it? who does the. the there's a, there's a chap who bought the license for Macmillan. That's the one, yeah, yeah. Cancer, yeah. Macmillan Cancer Relief Sweets and Macmillan Cancer Relief might get. I don't know. I'm, I'm oh, making twenty k. So say so they get twenty k one off. Yeah, one off fee twenty k, and, and he's then got a twenty year license. But then, then he has a license yeah. to go and put these boxes of sweets in every office. Yep. and take all of the money. Exactly right. Because I guess Macmillan Cancer don't want to become a confectionery company, which is effectively what they've become. So and they have just the admin costs that go along with it. Yeah, exactly. It. So how does that... Yeah, go on. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so now you're intrigued. Yes. Well, like, to me, the Pacific Islands are basically one of the most sick brands in all of rugby. I mean, if you wanted a valuable sports brand, I would be tempted to... I had, I had the money. I'd be tempted to offer one of the islands some money to basically have their union, to basically say, right, I'm now going to be... The Fiji Amazons. Yeah. I, and I would, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. And I would run it, and I would... Um, <laughs> Take some over. You know, like the, the Fiji, Fiji would be the one with the Olympic gold. Yeah, they've got the Olympic name. gold. Like, yeah. all the, the stash would be worth a fortune, like the name, the branding. I mean, you'd have what... The, the Pacific Islands have such an ama- such amazing goodwill throughout rugby. Like, it'd be pretty difficult to fail, I, I, I reckon, with the right with the right mindset. So someone to come in and sort of just buy, you know, buy the lot. The Fiji for a profit. Google right, Warriors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that that's those are my only two sensible suggestions, which I think could even come close to working. And I don't think either of them are particularly sensible or would work. And we and we've come to, we've come all this way, and I think this is what. Uh, sorry, and just to finish off, you're both Nazis. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, yes. yes. Sorry, I forgot yes. about that. I, I, so I, yeah, and this is probably indicative of, of where we're at is that we've had a massive long conversation meandered all around it and cannot suggest anything yeah. that's in any way a, a solution that's either f- realistically feasible or viable or fair sol- sol- yeah or solves half of the problems that need to be solved yeah it's a very. It gives you. Yeah, it does give you an idea of the complexity facing world rugby. Yeah. What they do control, yeah. what they don't control, how much they already do for the game, and what they're looking to do, and whether this proposal matches what you think that they're trying to do. To come at world rugby with the impression of bad will to start with is completely incorrect. You've misunderstood the situation. No. And if and if you're a journalist, you've done your job wrong. I, I don't think I don't, I don't think in any way there's bad will. I just think there is short term. Uh, short-term ideas which are lacking fundamental principles. And if the fundamental principles are in check, which is you want to have 30 years' time a World Cup that 20 teams can win, and you want to have... um, Yeah, you you just want to have loads and loads of teams that are great, then that's a brilliant fundamental principle to start with. And if Mm. that was your fundamental principle, this idea would never have even been floated. Well, look, if if you want to... If you want to get behind Tim's very correct fundamental principle, what I, what, what I suggest is next year's tier, tier two tour, you should de- definitely definitely c- come along and try to and, suva. Yeah, to suva. Forty-seven <laughs> hours, three uh, three thousand six hundred. We're chartering a plane. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, listen. And, We're chartering several planes together. Well, yeah, but, you know... Go and, watch, go and watch Spain. It's two hours away. Yeah, yeah. It's bloody yeah. brilliant. It's a, fl- it's a flip of point, but actually of of more than any other... Don't do not watch Romania. No, no. <laughs> more than any other uh, broadcasting... And I mean this in every sense. In, in, in traditional media, new media, digital media, in any form of media, there is nobody that has done more... The bellers on the microphone. For, for, <laughs> there's, done, there's done more for the European game overall than we have. Exactly right. Exactly. And, 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 <laughs> well the, fact that, and the fact that we have tons of listeners sending us pictures from all over Europe this weekend because of us is testament yeah. to that. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm proud. So the other solution is Brett Gosper, Augustin Peashot, just. Let us work it out. Yeah, yeah we'll do it for you. I'll, I'll sort it out in three, three, four minutes. But, you, but, you, but, hey, listen. I'll, I'll be like David Davis and Brexit. Oh, hell no, no, that's a bad one. <laughs> you were like Chris Grayling. I'll be like Chris Grayling. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I'll be like Liam Fox uh, in the podcasting world. Uh, yeah, have you seen that? <laughs> yes. It's not that hard, Liam. It's easy. I mean, this there was there was two uh, bits of podcasting news. Uh, apart from the fact that Egg Chasers have two amazing episodes this week, of course, is that one the greatest podcast of all time happened. And it's amazing to be sharing oh pod- podcasting real estate with Alex Jones and Joe Rogan this week. That was just mind-bendingly brilliant. Indeed, it was it was unbelievable. And secondly, the news on the other end of the scale of probably one of the worst bits of podcasting of all time. Amazing! It's amazing. Which was, which one were, of the most expensive uh, listener per listener. How much did it cost? One hundred thousand pounds for eight thousand listens, or eight hundred <sighs> listens, or something like that. Oh my. god. God, it worked out at like I, think I would love to be twenty four pounds per listener for Liam Fox's. Uh, what would you do to be the Acast pod that signed up that? And Nick, <laughs> I mean, all the, but it tells you like Nick Hewer must have been paid an absolute bloody and fortune. Why, sorry, uh, why were they not doing it on like dynamic insertions? Because they're, they're, they should, if, if that's right, if they've only got eight thousand listens, this is a little bit geeky. That that those adverts they were running for Nick Hewer's thing should be going until. 2086 until they actually fulfil the amount of people that need to listen to it. No, I think the £100,000 was spent on just Nick Hewer. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, it's not, it's not as easy as you, e- e- easy as you think. Um, so, let's just talk about Wales before we go. Oh, yeah, God, okay. yeah. Because um, talking of restructures and all the rest of it, it turns out that my beloved RGC are due to become a fully-fledged region. Yeah, so Potentially, I, I, yeah. I thought that Wales... I, I, I was sort of thinking, oh, Wales will look at Scotland and they'll go from three teams to two. Yeah. Realise they can't sustain three, so they'll, they'll cut yeah, one can't, down. Can't do four, so they'll can't go to do three. So, can't do four, sorry, so they'll go to three. Well, yeah, I mean, in my mind, they need to do something. Because the Dragons are a disgrace, um, even though they've got new investment, yada yada. What really sticks in my throat is the team that might go is the Ospreys. And they've been the most successful Welsh region. They've bought into it from day one. They've got a good stadium. Everything about the Ospreys. I mean, we give them stick because they're terrible shirts and their sleeve tattoos and all the rest of it. But if I had to see one team stay, if there's one team I actually think, yeah, they've made a good fist of this whole debacle, it'd be the Ospreys. Well, Swansea City have a good stadium. Yeah, but they share it, don't they? I mean, okay, Swansea Council have a nice stadium, <laughs> right? Um, uh, yeah, recently, the Scarlets have got good. Uh, but the, the plan is, it looks like you're going to be on the in the west. Will be uh, uh, Scarlet. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about this. So apparently, they, they were saying is, and I can't work this out. They said east, south, north, and west. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> or is it like well, south, 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 but a bit further west? Well, I think Clare yeah. will could 
you know, the scarlets, I keep calling them uh, scarlets would consider themselves West. I mean, the West is best and all that nonsense, right? So yeah. they they sort, yeah, okay, fine. You, you win that one. I, I can vouch it's a ball lake to get to. Is it? So, yeah. From here. All right, yeah. I've never been. Um, and then RGC, I can confirm that is pretty North. That's very North. Cardiff, I mean... So North that men, that men that come from around there don't sound Welsh and get accused of not being Welsh exactly, when they do, when they exactly. do betting site videos. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Even that, though a lot of people from that part of the world do actually speak Welsh. Yeah, well, which is not very common. But they actually speak a different dialect. Oh, no, that's only, that's only when me and you walk into the pub, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely North. And now South, it looks like that's Cardiff, and then there's Newport, Newport. which will be allegedly West. Which, uh, sorry, East. Cardiff's yeah. Newport's like... It's 20 miles or something? Yeah, it's a nonsense. I mean, the thought that the dragons would survive when, when Ospreys don't is absolutely... I mean, it must be heart, heartbreaking for their fans. A few years ago, it was like the second second highest selling shirt in the Pro 14 uh, 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 was Ospreys. Now, I don't know if that was if it was legitimate, whether they were just throwing those uh, shirts into landfill or something. But, um, yeah, I, well, I, I, it really sticks in the throat, that one. It should be Cardiff that go. Well, I wonder if, I wonder if it's to do with the... The grounds themselves, like as you say, Rodney Parade is a is a rugby mm. o- only thing, and and I don't think so. Because... Scarlets is a rugby only place, as is Cardiff's. Yeah, I mean, no Cardiff didn't they share? They did share with Cardiff Football Club, didn't they? For a little while. Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, no. They're, well, they're next to the Arms Park, or the, no, no. They the, were, and then they moved, and then were they back in? The, no, they're in, back. They're back right next to the Principality yeah, on, on, well, the, on the artificial turf. I, either or. I mean, this is like I'm delighted if it happens. I'm, I'm delighted that RGC have a team. That's what I've wanted since I was, you know, literally since I got into rugby. The first time that I picked up a ball, I always wanted to go to professional rugby. It's amazing that North Wales will have a fully fledged professional rugby team if that happens. But can, before, can they tempt George North home? Well, can the can WRU money? And I tell you, the really unfair thing about all this is there are lads out there trying to trying to make a living, like Josh Adams. Now, I don't know if Josh Adams has been approached if he's had a contract or what. And I hope he has. I hope the the WRU have said, "Look, we're going gonna, to Cardiff." I think. Yeah, yeah, we're going to we we will sort this out, but we can't release it now because of X, of X Y Z reason. But if they haven't, it's outrageous because that guy's got to sort out his contract, got to find a house, got to know where he's staying. Well, on that one, just just very briefly, on specifically on Josh Adams, I think it's a joke that he has to go back to Wales of to, course play, it's to a play for Wales because there should be a bit more nuance in the WRU's rules, but it's just the WRU all over because Josh Adams only went to Worcester because he, let go? because he was let go and no Welsh side wanted him. Yeah. Worcester made him into the international or helped make him into, supported him in becoming the international he now is. It's it's really harsh on Worcester to then and say, got to you got, oh, yeah. and Josh, right, you've got to come back. We uh, didn't we didn't want you, now you're good. You've got to come back. That's not why the law... That's a market rate deal yeah. set by us. Exactly. We, we will give you what we believe the market is for your e- talents. Exactly. Thanks. So he could have made an absolute coin. Wales didn't want him, and it's it's a joke. It yeah. is a joke. I feel I feel very, very sad for the Ospreys fans. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah must, must, be pre- must be pretty rough. Hmm. If it happens, it might not happen. Yes, we got uh, some Six Nations rugby coming up this weekend. Oh, just I've... before, just before we yeah. jump on that, there has yeah, been on. another story that's broken this evening. Ooh, by the Daily Mail. Oh, Saracens. The yeah, Saracens. Put, so it, it's a question from the Daily Mail. It sounds like a lot like one of the questions that we asked. Have Saracens broken salary cap rules? 
And we're not going to go into it now, but uh, it's suggesting that Nigel... Well, it's stating that Nigel Ray has had links or part ownership of businesses with different Saracens players at various points in time. Ooh. Which, depending on how those links were, um, may or may not look good. But also, as we went through, um, one of the excluded items for the cap was... Support to players to learn trades. Go back and listen to our salary. Go back and listen to our salary cap special. It will be extremely illuminating, even more so in the context of this story. Yeah. Also, support for players to set up businesses. I wonder where they hear that. But it 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 depends. So that this will be very interesting to see how this plays out. But yeah, go back, listen to the salary cap, and keep eyes on that because we might be doing another in depth uh, analysis on that Mm. next week. Quite. So they're suggesting it may be potentially more than just advice and support. Yes, or the, his his partial ownership might break the what is excluded from the caps and the rules around that. But interesting. Who and knows? And we we did say on that other podcast that we did say it's really noticeable how much more proactive Saracens players are in setting up, in their, setting own up their own said, businesses. We're in favour of this. I mean, it's yeah. a good thing for them to be doing. It is a good thing for them to uh, be anyway, doing. Yeah, you can listen to the old one because we go into that in detail. And it's now half 12. So What? Tw- half 12 on a Monday morning. So let's run through the fixtures. Six Nations. So Saturday 9th of March at Murrayfield Stadium, which I will be at Scotland. Oh, so 2.15pm. Scotland host Wales. I like the train up to Edinburgh as well. Yeah, it'd be good for an 8am train. Oh, get, get, get that weekend upgrade. few cans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Run the whole time. You've got to get a certain amount of cans drunk before Lancaster is the rule. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, hang on, isn't it? Well, get your can finished between Preston and Lancaster. There, yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. There's all sorts of fun games that you can have. <laughs> between stops. Yeah. <laughs> You've got 20 minutes between Preston and Lancaster. Go. Um, does anyone see Scotland winning? So Scotland should yes. have Finn Russell yes, I back. See, yeah. I see them winning. Yeah, I see them winning. Scotland have Finn Russell back. It's unlikely from what I've seen that they'll have many other players back. Uh, I, I mean, I could see them winning. I don't think they will win, but yes. It's Wales been... have gone to Scotland with better teams than this and lost to worse Scotland teams. W- Wales-Scotland tends to be entertaining this one, doesn't it? I'm expecting more of the same. Yeah, I... I think it is going to be close. I'm going to shade, give it to Wales by a shade. I think, I think the Welsh defence will put more pressure than the the French defence did it, on uh, Scotland. Jim Telfer um, was asked about Scotland, and he and he, he talked about their second rows. It was, he say? He said the Grey brothers, Gilchrist, Toulis, none of them are hard men. <laughs> well, he's not met Charlie Matthews yet. That's the. That's the most Jim Telfer thing Jim Telfer's ever said. I, I, since I since the Lions in 97. I, I know I keep telling you, but I can't tell you enough um, how good the grudge book is. And uh, the grudge is the match between England, Scotland, yada, yada. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, and it goes through Jim Telfer. This is unbelievable. The more I think about it, the more, unbelie- is more, the more unbelievable it gets. Jim Telfer was Scotland coach at the time. And they used to hit the scrimmage machine or do rucking. And they would throw people. Actual bodies, actual actual people in the scrimmage machines get rucked out the back of it. <laughs> Can you imagine that? 
it's, you, you sure it wasn't like crash test dummy? <laughs> that's, that's cruel even to throw with, Elon Musk's were there any crash co- test yeah. dummy into that. Was there, was there maybe a competition winner to... Uh, <laughs> Get in! <laughs> what? Get in! In, the, in like the, the Scottish newspaper or whatever, win the chance to be rucked. On the back of a Scottish oats packet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it just it sounded horrendous. I mean, it really sounded horrendous. Ooh. So uh, Wales to win. I think Wales will win. I think Wales will will suffocate, and when bigger comes on for the last twenty, they'll break loose. Yeah, then, yeah. Bigger. If bigger starts, he'll run the show. If he doesn't start, he'll run the show. Bigger's going to run the show. Four forty-five on Saturday. England host Italy. Oh, whatever. Will, what kind of England team are we going to see? Don't. Well, they need to. They need to win. Fundamentally, they do need to win. Um, that's not, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt or concern there, though. Come, come on. Ooh, English I mean, arrogance, I mean, Tim. <laughs> if you knew the no, result, we wouldn't play the game. No, no. Do you know what? I, I've, been, I, I've been consistent. I've been consistent throughout the Six Nations. I cannot get excited about any game that Italy are involved in. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't, yeah, I, so unfortunately, I, I'm a proud Englishman. The, I want England to win. The I, final I will watch game the game might be quite interesting against France. Italy versus Italy hosting yes, the France. Garibaldi Trophy because there's yes. there's an element of chaos and yes, <laughs> unpredictability. Yeah. Uh, out of interest, are they? Where are they? Where, where Twickenham. Are they? Twickenham. Oh, good God, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't. So I don't let's, get, let's skip it. There'll, so, be, a, yeah, Rob, there'll Rob, be a few changes. Please make some changes. Please, for goodness' sake, give Robson some game time. Otherwise, yeah. just get rid of him out the squad. Yep. Robson and Ford, yep. game time. Maybe Big Benny T might come back yeah, in. Yeah, BBT, Pete Tia. Which will be interested. Uh, and then... It's been some... a while since we sounded the horn. <laughs> yes, the techno horn. Um, then on Sunday, I think this is an interesting game. So, three o'clock Sunday, Ireland hosts France. Mm. Now, if one thing Ireland have lacked this year is a bit of cutting edge. And one thing that France do have in spades, particularly with the young ta- talent playing, particularly if they decide to bring back in Teddy Thomas, who's fit and scored a hat trick. Is he? Scored a hat trick yeah, this weekend oh, against oh. La Rochelle with the Bully Boys. For a dominant Finn Russell, Teddy Thomas, and the enormous monster, the 18 year old number eight, Jordan, Jordan Joseph, who scored a try. Um, yeah, for Racing 92. So. France don't lack any cutting edge. Ireland do lack cutting edge. Ireland have perfect uh, set-piece stability and balance. France have chaos and uncertainty. I think it's a a complete contrasting mishmash of styles. I think it'll be a very entertaining game. Yes, I completely agree. One that's... I I think Ireland will win. It might not be pretty, but they will grind out a win. Agreed. Because they have to, because they have Agreed. to go to Wales with a shot of the title. Agreed. Perfect. Well then, everyone. 25 to 1, Monday morning. This is how much we love rugby. Yep. Um, oh, DHL. Tell them about DHL, Tim. So we've been talking about the great decisions that World Rugby uh, have made in the past. I mean, some some of the things that have been alleged not so great but one thing we can all agree and the whole world can agree they they definitely did is choose the best official logistics partner for the rugby world cup 2019 making sure things get there tim it's important dhl uh, who have also teamed up with bt sport and we want to let you know that uh, they were they were well we told you before they were giving away the opportunity for uh, a young player to 
and a chaperone, maybe you, to be at the trip of a lifetime, be in Japan for the England v France Paul C match on the 12th of October, delivering the match ball to uh, Owen Farrell. Surely Owen Farrell. Uh, Morgan Smith. Okay. Uh, if you want to find out who that lucky youngster was that won, maybe you're a young person and you finding out that you wouldn't could it, be going. Wouldn't it be great if me and Marcus Smith won it? <laughs> Marcus Smith, he's, he's between 8 and 15, isn't he? Oh, no, he's too old. Damn oh, it. Damn it. Slightly too old. He wasn't too old when Eddie Jones spotted him. Yeah. Oh, well. uh, and if only Eddie Jones has had his mobile phone yeah. out at the time he could have won this competition. Oh, that would have been ro- a ropey moment. It would have been. It would be. Um, although he might have also got arrested. <laughs> a, a school filming, a school training. <laughs> and then submitting an application without any... Uh, you know. Anyway, uh, DHL and BT Sport have launched this competition called Rugby Moments th- That Deliver, where contestants were asked to submit a photo or video clip of their child, aged between 8 and 15, showing a great piece of skill or a memorable moment. That competition closes... Uh, well, it's already closed. So, right now, all you need to do is hope that you've won... And watch BT Sport Rugby Tonight on Wednesday evening. Excellently uh, produced Rugby Tonight. Absolutely yes. fantastic. And to find out more information, to go and check out all the uh, all the uh, people that have been getting involved, DHL Rugby Moment, hashtag DHL.com slash BT Rugby. That's DHL.com slash BT Rugby. All the very best. Boom. Good, good luck. There you go. And good luck to USA, who are 10-0 up against Samoa in the final of what? the uh, Las Vegas 7s. Is it worth noting that... Um, they lost this week, I think, USA? Oh, yeah, USA to, to, Uruguay. to Uruguay. Uruguay. And Chile lost to Brazil. Who, by the way, look really good. I, I actually watched, Good at scrummaging. Well, just their no, scrum. No, 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 they look good. I watched on Facebook or Twitter, one, uh, one or two. Against and Chile. Chile. Yeah, and, and I saw it, them against Argentina where they got pumped, apart from in the scrum. And right. England, England got in a dust-up with uh, Georgia. Yes. So they prepared for Italy. Owen, uh, they prepared for Italy by playing a better team than Italy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, Owen Farrell with a high shot setting off a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? Good lad. Now there is absolutely no truth in that rumor well, from what I've heard. I've, I posted the picture. Yeah, you've posted a picture. From what I heard, it was all at scrum time. Well, whatever. Well, I don't know why he's high shotting people in a scrum. In a scrum Probably yeah. says more about him than, than, uh, <laughs> than anything I could say. Anyway, Phil's got to go off and uh, and and be him working you know, a few hours time. I was going to say Thomas will be getting up soon to do his his, his weights program. Presumably, you got you got him working out already. Right? Good. Uh, right. Thanks for listening. Listen to the other podcast in the feed already. Hit subscribe. At the voice play. Hey, the voice play. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.